This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Something that's so important to stay aware of in sobriety is how our social battery is doing. I really noticed in my early sobriety, I had basically no social battery and I needed a lot of time to recharge after being social. Even at this point in my sobriety, it can still be hard to set boundaries and to know when to say no and put my own needs first, especially at this time of year when the weather's getting warmer and social gatherings might be picking up. That's where therapy can be really helpful. Whether you struggle with setting boundaries, people pleasing, or you're trying to process all the emotions you're no longer numbing with alcohol, therapy gives you the tools and positive coping skills to work through it all. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash happiest. Okay, something I've opened up about a little bit, but honestly need to talk about more is how much PMS really affects me. It's definitely worsened over the last few years for me, and it can honestly take me down for a few days every month. That's why if you struggle with the same thing, I could not be more excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Jubilance, and they're offering my listeners $10 off with the promo code HAPPIEST. Jubilance is the leading evidence-based scientific approach to PMS relief. They're backed by scientific and clinical trials that are placebo controlled and showed significant relief of PMS, anxiety, irritability, sadness, stress after just one month of daily jubilance. I feel all of that on such an intense level when I'm PMSing and their mission is to help menstruators live symptom free because no one should have to suffer every month. Try jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com slash happiest or use the promo code happiest at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A nce.com slash happiest for $10 off. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. Oh my God, I am serious. I'm so, so, so excited about today's episode. Today, I'm chatting with Sharon Hartley from Over the Influence. I actually joined, so Sharon hosts this amazing podcast called Over the Influence, the Alcohol-Free Podcast. She co-hosts it with Ben Anderson, who wasn't able to join us for this chat today, but I'm hoping to get him on another time separately. Um, But I joined them for their podcast in January, dry January, so kind of fitting that Sharon ended up coming onto this show for Sober October, Um, but they are just so much fun. Like I had such a blast chatting with them. They're fun. They're hilarious. Um, Just such good vibes all around. So I had really been looking forward to this conversation today and it did not disappoint. Sharon is genuinely just so much fun and I just love her. She just brings this sort of like joy in talking about sobriety, this joy and fun in talking about it that's just very contagious. So I kind of left this call on a bit of a high. Hopefully you feel the same after listening to it. We're going to get to hear all about her story and we get to hear about her amazing community called Over the Influence. And we also chat all about Sober October and just sort of all the benefits of quitting drinking. It's such a good one. So with that being said, I'm not going to make you wait any longer to hear it. So here's my chat with Sharon. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Really good. Really good. It's so good to see you. It feels really weird having the shoe on the other foot Madeline normally I'm doing the the hosting and I'm not today 
Yeah, it, it's a switch up, isn't it? <laughs> I've been so excited. I've been so excited to chat with you because I had so much fun going on your podcast. I think in Ja it was January, I think. Wow, is it yours. that long ago? Well, you know what's so funny that I realized is that I talked to you in January because we were talking about dry January. And now it just so happened that we're talking in sober October. Yes, which I are. didn't like I literally realized this morning. Like, oh my God, it's another dry month that we're <laughs> that yeah, we're on yeah, a call. Yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff. No, I'm chuffed a bit. It's chuffed a bit to be invited. So thank you. Really pleased to be here. Yeah, so happy to have you. And we Ben Ben is missed. We are gonna chat the three of us. Um, but we'll we'll chat with Ben, your your partner in crime. Yeah, so <laughs> in oh, another future episode. So much has happened since we last spoke, Madeline. Um Ben's got himself like a new full time job and he's Oh my gosh. Uh, obviously got little Leo who's just celebrated his first birthday. He's got married since we last spoke. So he's had a busy year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. chaos. So I've literally just got off the phone to him and he said please send my apologies um and you're gonna catch up with ben another time so uh you've just got 100%. me today <laughs> oh well i'm so happy to have you and i'll get to hear it's kind of fun now to do it separately i'll get to hear kind of more from each of you yeah, and learn definitely. more about your stories oh i love that okay i really want to start off by talking about oti over the influence your community that you have with ben i'm so curious because i realized before we got on this call like i don't know how that community came to be. I don't know how you and Ben got connected with each other. Like tell everyone listening about what Over the Influence is, what it is that you do and how how that kind of came to be. Oh my God, how long have you got? Okay, I'll try, I'll try, and, give you, <laughs> I'll try and give you the short version. And uh, thank you for asking about Over the Influence. So of course, it started out as a podcast singing about sobriety. Um, more than three years ago now, in fact, we were due to release our first episode, I think, just as our then Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, was announcing the first lockdown in the UK with COVID. Oh, wow. So we're going right back to, um, oh, I think it was about March 2020, it would have been. Um, yeah. And basically, Ben at that time was, um, he was, he was sort of working with me as a podcast producer. It was nothing to do with him being alcohol-free or sober. I didn't care if he drank or not. I just wanted a really good producer to work with on the podcast and and Ben was that fit so we started working working together um and then what happened I mean you can hear his story actually from episode one you can hear it how it's all sort of um panned out over the last uh three years because Ben spent so much time editing uh, the podcast and me banging on about the joys of sobriety and I'll, <laughs> I'll share a bit about that with you maybe uh, later on how For that sure. all came yes. to be um he Absolutely. thought Right, okay, I'm just going to try this. And it, saw, it shone a spotlight on his own drinking. Ben, when you speak to wow. him, will tell you himself. Um, no rock bottom, do you know what I mean? No sort of like, right, this, this must stop. But the more he listened to the edits of the podcast, the more he thought, well, I might just give this a break. Well, that was three years ago. So he's now three wow. years sober. So that's... <gasps> Doesn't he say that he's like, Accidental, sober. an accidental sober. Yeah, exactly <laughs> I love that. that because he wow. he never set out to remove alcohol from his life. It, it, it all came about because of the podcast, and then so you inspired him. That's apparently so, so. Freaking cool. Apparently wow, so, which is really good. It's really good. I'm so chuffed, and I've seen his life just, just oh, how do I describe it? 
explode in brilliant ways. Aww. You know, so much has happened. It's it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, but the community came about because because of the podcast, and we had listeners get in touch saying, "Do you have a group? Do you get together? Do you do anything?" And we thought, well, no. And it was lockdown at the time, so that was in in the October of the lockdowns in 2020. We thought, well, we'll try out some Zoom calls. We'll we'll see how it goes. And then what happened, they got busier and more people wanted to be connected. Fast forward to two years ago, over the influence, the community was born. And it's now just the best place for connection, inspiration, motivation, support for anybody, wherever you might be, you know, with your relationship with alcohol, um, you, you're more than welcome. We always we, we always sort of have to say, and it's really important, that we're not a stop drinking programme. We're not qualified medical mm-hmm. professionals. You know, if you are physically addicted to alcohol, please seek professional help and then maybe come back to us when, when the time is right. Um, but, yeah, Madeline, it's just grown and grown and grown and it's just been phenomenal. It's been um, a really, excuse me for using this word, organic journey. And one that we're really excited about. Really I was good. bracing myself for like an F bomb. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's amazing. And now you do like in person stuff, right? Like I think I see you do like hikes and kind of like re- retreats. Is it? Well, we're not. We've not gone down the retreat route just yet. Okay. What What we do is. Um, <laughs> The success of the Zoom calls was fantastic. So that's where people get together. And then what we started to do was say, okay, we can have, um, we'll say OTI London, OTI Wales, OTI Scotland, you know, and then OTI various regions within England, OTI America, Australia, we're even in Venezuela. And we've got these pockets of people, but people then started to um, get together themselves in in their own areas, which is fantastic. And we totally encourage that, be it for a hike or a swim, or a coffee, or whatever it might be. Um, but what we've started doing, uh, started it last year, and then it's continued through this year, is we started to organise some like big events. So, for example, the highest mountain in Scotland, the highest mountain in Wales, highest mountain in England. We've got one coming up in a couple of weeks' time, which is like a 22-mile hike around um, oh my an area called Edale. And people travel, not one word of a lie, from all over the world to join us on these crazy events it always rains of course it does because we're, we're in the UK <laughs> Madeleine we never get yeah. any sunshine um but it's the connection it's it's what it's all about and to take those friendships that have been made within the community on zoom into real life with your hiking boots on and oh, your waterproofs it's the best it's the isn't best. it oh my so god good. it's so good that it's is tiring. so amazing I oh my god I can imagine but it's brilliant <laughs> it's so so good yeah Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so, so amazing and so fun. And that I did not know that story of you and Ben. I think that is just Crazy. the coolest, coolest thing. It is. Um, and you, am I right in saying that you just passed five years sober? Five years. Five years. Wow. Um, actually, it's five years and one month because it was about the third of third of September, I think my Oh, so my- almost exactly five years, yeah, yeah. one month. Yeah. Wow. And can you take me back kind of to your drinking days? Like what what led you to sobriety? Um, I suppose I suppose a bit like Ben, a little bit accidentally. Um mm. into in that I didn't want to be sober. I didn't really know what being sober meant other than you don't drink and of course it must be absolutely miserable, you know. Um right. 
I knew that I needed to take a break from alcohol and I'd, I'd done things like sober October in the past and dry January and failed spectacularly, you know, at every single mm. turn. Um, but I think what happened with me, it's it's a typical story of a teenager that starts boozing with mates, you know, you get into your 20s and you've got your first jobs and you're, oh, sorry, I've just skipped out university there. A teenager to university, cheap alcohol, drinking all the time, into your 20s, um, partying and work and all the rest of it, into my 30s uh, with children. And I think I think for me that's where it started to, to change my drinking. It became mm. far less social and um, a damn sight more miserable because I will be drinking at home. Um, I get asked so many times, Madeline, by people, well, how bad did it get? What was your rock bottom? How much were you drinking? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's useful to answer that question anymore in, in terms of um, consumption because I would hate for somebody to go, well, I'm not as bad as Sharon. Don't drink as much yeah. as she does. So yeah. I'm okay. Um, if it's too much for you, it, it's too much. And I was drinking too quickly, um, too often, and um, too much, basically. And I became an everyday drinker. And I think what what's terrifying as a woman in your 40s, because I... I took my initial break when I was was forty four. I sort of got to the point, and I and I looked around and I thought, "Oh my god, when, when did that become normal? When did when did right. I start drinking a bottle of wine a night and then some? Do you know what I mean? When did that become normal? And I think all of a sudden it, it's so insipid, it like creeps up behind you, and bites you on the arse, and you're like. I need to do something about this. So um, mm. I took a break, took a break in the September of 2018, like quite angrily. Yeah, you know, oh, this is going to be crap. I don't want to do this <laughs> because how do we party? You know, how do we go out? How yeah. do we have fun? How do we socialise? How do we do all that? Um, but I knew I needed to take a longer break than we'll say, you know, the 30 days of dry January, the 30 days of sober October. So I set myself a target of, of 90. And then during that, I thought, Oh, oh, something's starting to happen. They're quite like oh. this, quite like this. So I went for the year and then I've never looked back and I'll never, ever, ever go back because life is so oh. much better without it. Oh, my God, you're making me emotional already. <laughs> I feel like I get emotional every recording. And that's the other thing, isn't it? The emotions. We feel all the feels, Madeline. Yeah, we do. We totally do. Oh, my God. What, I freaking love that. I First of all, I love what you said about that sometimes it's not even helpful to answer that question of how much you were drinking because it's true. When we're struggling with our drinking, we're always going to look for evidence of why we don't actually have Completely. a problem or why yeah. we're actually fine. And you can always find someone who's worse off than you. You can always find someone who hit like a lower rock bottom or just someone who was drinking more and use that as your excuse not to. And like you said, if it's too much for you, you could be someone who drinks like a couple glasses of wine on a Friday, and if it makes you feel like shit, that's yeah. too much for you too. I, I am. Um, like it really is just how it makes you feel. I know somebody from uh, from years ago, and our our drinking was very, very different. You know, c- completely mm. different. You could almost argue that the, the person I'm talking about was one of these strange moderators. However, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't even get me started on that. That's another story. Um, yeah. And she she didn't drink much at all. Honestly, like if I could have drunk the amount she did, I'd have have been happy with that. But my point is Mm -hmm. it was too much for her. And so she removed this relatively small amount of alcohol and still her life upgraded and still the magic started to happen. 
So it doesn't matter where you are. It's how it makes you feel at the, the end of the day. And if it makes you feel crap and you want to consider removing it, absolutely go for it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm so curious to chat a bit more about because we're in sober October right now. Um, and you mentioned you did take like a few dra- a few breaks, but it never it never worked out. What what was the motive behind those breaks? Like what made that last one that ended up being 90 days, what made that different? And what was the motive initially when you first started trying with the breaks? So when I started doing the, the, the first 30 days, I think it was to prove to myself and anybody mm. else that I don't have a problem. You see, look at yeah. me. I can do 30 whole days with alcohol and it's fine. Um, but the thing is, what I used to do was utterly cling on for dear life so instead of thinking about the other stuff I could be doing and maybe looking at the benefits of how I was starting to feel and the the, the more time you gain and and all of that I was just really angry and miserable and just clinging on for dear life when it got to day 31 when I could drink again Um, and then what I would do is undo all that really hard work over the course of four weeks and probably drink twice as much to to make up for it because I can Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean um, mm-hmm. but what I did differently on my sort of, well, my, my final break, I didn't know, I didn't know I was going to stop drinking. I had no intention of stopping drinking. I set myself a target of 90 days. So I tripled, I tripled, you know, that, that amount of time where I wasn't going to drink because I knew then it would give me a real shot at feeling and understanding and experience sobriety that people talk about and the magic and all this, because to to be honest with you, I thought it was—I thought it was a crock of shit. I thought it was yeah. lies. It's lies. You can't—you can't enjoy life without alcohol. Um, I felt the same. Yeah, it's—it's it's mad, isn't it? Because we're so conditioned, um, mm-hmm. and it turns out you can. And so, you know, when people join over the influence, we say, "Look, just just set yourself a target. Just just go for a hundred days, okay?" Because it's the tipping point. It's the tipping point. It's not just, you're not hanging on then for a drink. Shut the door on alcohol for that period of time. And you genuinely, you know, really do begin to experience the, the, the benefits of, of a, life with, a life without booze. You, you, your body resets. Your mind is clearer. You become focused. Um, and it can be a really, really positive experience. So that for me was was the difference. It wasn't just 30 days waiting till I could drink again. I gave myself 90 days, but what happened around day 60, 70, there was this light bulb moment and I thought, this is, this is good. This is, this is going well. Mm. I'm just going to keep going and and see what might happen. And the rest, as they say, is history. Oh, I've never looked back. Yeah. I, I totally feel you. Like I, I only did a dry month one time before I quit drinking, which was a dry January in 2020. And then I got sober later that year and I found it so hard and I found it pretty miserable. And like, I did get through it, but I always say I kind of came out of that feeling like, okay, that, that like proves sobriety is not for me. (laughs) That was really, really hard. (laughs) Right. Like I felt it almost, it felt at the time, like it sort of backfired. And like now looking back, I'm like, you know what? It was a way to dip my toe in. And I did get to experience, you know, like going to a party and then not being hung over the next day, not being anxious the next day. But it it was hard. And I think that I think these breaks are so amazing. But I do think that like if you're a problem drinker, they can almost be discouraging because then you feel like 
those 30 days are, are what sobriety feels yeah, like. Is, is but it? you have to hang in longer than that to yeah, really get to the, the good stuff. And the, the other thing I, yeah, I think it's really important to add as well, in that 30 days where I was simply not drinking, I, I didn't do anything else. I was waiting for the day mm, when I could drink again. Same. I was counting end down. Of, uh, end of. That was it. Um, the mm-hmm. difference when I gave myself a longer shot at 90 days I thought, all right, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll start reading them. I'll start reading some books about booze, see where that takes me. Um, I'll start listening to some stuff, follow some um, sober accounts on Insta. And then you're like, all right, okay. Well, that was quite interesting. You know, like William Porter, mm. Alcohol Explained. Um, the yep. Sober Diaries, Claire Pooley, uh, Unexpected Joy mm-hmm. Being Sober. There's a whole list oh, of Oh, that them. one's my favorite. Isn't yeah, it brilliant? so good. Isn't it? So, so, so good. good, yes. That was one of yep. the first books I read. And then you start to read and you start to understand. And I think the first thing when you're reading a lot of the, the quitlet, as it's called, you know, books about quitting mm-hmm. drinking, you're not on your own and you, you're nodding along going, yeah. oh, my God, oh, my God, that's me. And you're seeing yourself. Yeah, you're seeing yourself reflected in their stories. Yeah, completely. And yeah. that that was a game changer, starting to um, educate myself uh, about alcohol. Mm. And it's um, I was obsessed, like literally obsessed with with drinking when I could drink where I could drink who I could drink with um is there gonna be enough alcohol what if there's not and then you wake up the next yeah. day I've oh, got to feel like shit what am I gonna do I know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna start drinking again is there enough da, 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 da. and you start this cycle this cycle this cycle and so I thought right get a grip and when I stopped I thought put us all that energy that you had into drinking put it into not drinking and just yes. see where it takes you and you know fast forward to today like five and a bit years alcohol free it's it's life-changing it's life-changing that's why I shout about it on the podcast and you know mm-hmm. it's why our community exists so people know that yeah. it's, it's not a miserable existence it's, it's actually quite the opposite yeah and what were so what were the other things so in those 90 days that you did like the reading the quit lit are there other things that you really look back and you're like oh that that really helped keep me accountable or that that was like a tool that really helped me what were your what were your things that you did I was really vocal from day one about doing this. Yeah. Um, like, which is with people in your life? Yeah, with everybody on social media. I was mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. I was one of these yeah. people that would always share a photo. Yeah, it's wine o'clock somewhere. It's five o'clock mm-hmm. somewhere. Always time for a gin. And another picture of the bloody stupid glass with your alcohol in. <laughs> and again, I thought, flip it. You know, so I was really vocal about going, right, okay. Uh, day one of a 90-day challenge, this is going to be rubbish. This is going to be miserable. But actually, for okay. me, the, the accountability worked. And um, because, well, the minute you put it out there, you know that people are watching and that I didn't want to fail. And if I said, you know, mm. I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. Um, I also started planning to do different things. I remember in the really early days, I started doing like park runs. I don't know if you have them in the in the states part run in the uk um every saturday morning at nine o'clock in your local town or city there is always a run on and it's a 5k for um people of all ages all abilities so i thought right okay i'm gonna start doing a 5k part run every saturday and i thought this is good this feels really good and it was doing new things and it was trying new things and friday nights you know when that that feeling came at like five o'clock six o'clock i was miserable I was angry I was but I would do anything but drink so I'll get my trainers on go for a walk uh, have a bath go to bed you know in the really early days but when I started to Mm -hmm. 
have more energy and more clarity I just started to do to do different things and yeah it's, it's hard to think back sometimes sometimes it feels like I know five it minutes feels ago. like a blur talking yeah. about the early days even for me and I'm not as far as you yeah it. It, it, it really really does but I do know I can remember vividly how hard it was and how hard mm. it felt and I knew that I, I just had to keep going if I wanted to make a change. And also yeah. what was a really important thing for me was saying no. So no, I don't know. I'm not going to go out to a bar or a pub. No, that's the last place I need to be when I'm trying to sort out this relationship with alcohol that I've been going pear mm-hmm. shape, you know, after drinking for 30 years, I don't need to be in a bar. Um, so I would say no. And uh, yeah, ch- changed everything. And just being bloody determined about it you know like a dog with mm-hmm. a bone I'm not going to drink and uh, that's yeah. what I did repeatedly wow and it, you know speaking of like saying no to going out and like invites how did you navigate that how because obviously like alcohol is the fabric of socializing in our world how did you kind of navigate that with the people in your life and with your social life and like how how has that changed over time in the last five years it's really hard it was really difficult mm. at first yeah um and actually you know in the early days when I did say that I'm not drinking for now I'm not doing this for now I'd always sort of add a little but I'll be back later you know I'll be back to normal right. soon um and I think it, it was the case that when I wasn't returning to to booze you your relationships change un- undoubtedly um not not every single relationship but I think those that are based on drinking um really do and you know you can be dropped like a hot potato because you're no longer fun time Frankie which is actually again mm-hmm. it's, it's another myth it's it's not actually true um and I've made a, a hell of a lot of new friends in this this sober sphere, as we call it, which yeah. has been amazing. And um, I've just come back from uh, a weekend in Milan, which makes me sound oh my god really showbiz, doesn't it? Oh, like get get me yeah. traveling Europe. Basically, <laughs> I am not at all. I hardly ever travel. Can't afford it. Um, but I've got three amazing friends, and I didn't know that they sort of um, were communicating with my daughter. And between them, they'd organise this surprise weekend away uh, for like four oh. days in Italy for my fiftieth, which is coming up. And oh, happy birthday! Thank you. It's not, it's not for a couple of months yet. It was the only time we could yeah. all get together, and it was one of the best, best mini breaks ever. You know, it, uh. and they they fully support what what I do. And you are in Italy, which is you know a country surrounded full of with wine, wine. And, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and liqueurs and aperitifs um and I wasn't interested in any of that and it was just it was just the best um and so I think it's it's really important to to take a look at what you thought you enjoyed you know what you enjoy mm. a lot of sobriety I don't know if you've you, you found this Madeline as well we see this a lot in our community and with myself you know you uncover things that you haven't touched for years. You like hobbies yeah. and interests and people yep. go back to it, you know, and I've done some stuff that I haven't done in, in a long, long time. And it's been What were some amazing. of those things for you? Oh, don't laugh. I um I joined like an amateur dramatics theatre group. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. It was nice. No, I think that's so freaking Honestly. cool. And it's sort of thing I talked uh, about over the years. Oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do a production. Never did. Never did because I was too busy drinking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. It, it was um, last year. 
long story short, an opportunity came up to uh, to join the cast of Calendar Girls in in the uh, the town where near where I live, and I thought, yeah. I'm going to go and do it. And I got the role, and it was the best sort of six months of my life. It was so, so good. Brilliant. I'm obsessed with that. That, like, (laughs) I've always wanted to do something. Like, I always said, like, that's like a little, like, bit of inspiration, but drinking just, like, shuts all of that down. And really, that, like, I just think that's such a cool story of, like sobriety just being able to like your life opens up you get to go for something that you probably wouldn't have done if you were still drinking something you've always wanted to do like that is so cool I love that I mean how often have you done this with your mates where you've you've, you know been drinking I mean Ben talks about this he said oh yeah we'll do those mountains up next weekend we'll we'll, we'll go on a hike and we'll do this in the pub well you you don't do you 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 say all these big things and you make Mm -hmm. all these plans if you're anything like me you know you'd let people down and you'd be drunk or hungover and it it never happened remove booze Mm -hmm. and it is like lifting the lid on your world and you just give yourself so many opportunities totally oh I love that okay I want to talk more speaking of having just been in Milan like how was sober travel hard for you at first? How have you how have you found traveling sober? Oh God, I've loved it. I've absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. But I think the first time I properly traveled sober, I was just coming up for a year. And me and my daughter, who would have been 16 at the time, we did like um a three-day break, and it was the first time I'd been to an airport sober. And that oh, was how weird. Was that? It was bizarre. It it it, mm. it, it in terms of not drinking, it was fine because I was just about a year in, so I'd I'd navigated twelve months of you know of of not drinking. That was fine, but it was the whole process of getting to the airport where you 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 always have a drink at the airport at four in the morning, at two in the morning, at five in the morning. It doesn't matter what time you're there; it's the holiday yep. rules. So that mm-hmm. was different, but I really enjoyed the coffee. I really enjoyed the shopping, and then um, where else have I been traveling? I've been on a, a fair few, you know, family holidays and, and adventures and whatnot. And genuinely, it's been amazing. It's been so, so good. At first, I think the first of anything, it feels a little bit unusual. It feels different because, you know, I've been holidaying and traveling. I don't holiday and travel a lot, honestly. But over the course of like, well, all my adult life, like 30 odd years, it was always, always drinking you know no no matter what and I'd be looking at my watch and where's the nearest bar and what does a hotel sell and will we be able to get to a shop and what if I run out of wine again and all this um and then to holiday without it the time oh my gosh the time that you've got you know you you get up and you Mm. actually feel refreshed (laughs) and you're actually present for for the trip and yeah so good so So, yeah I've I've never struggled with it um it just felt a bit unusual at first but that was because it's Mm -hmm. it's such you know such a a change from from what I was used to um Mm -hmm. I adore adore sober holidays I think they are just an absolute gift these days but as with anything you know you've got to get through your first you've got to do your first and get it in the bank and you're ready to go for the next one Right. you Like the first, just like let the first be hard if it feels hard. Exactly. Just freaking get through it. No, you can handle the discomfort of it all. Yeah. And it's just going to get easier and it's going to get so much better. Yeah. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. You, you come back off a holiday feeling like you've had a holiday. <laughs> Who knew? You, you're not like dying <laughs> <Dead> after. <laughs> 
I know how counterproductive to be like, I need a break. I need time off work. I need down like to go enjoy myself. And then you come back feeling terrible. Yeah. Not remembering half of it. Like it's so, so counterproductive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you mentioned your kids and I always, it's so fun. Whenever I have anyone on here who is a parent, I always love to ask about this because I grew, I have a sober mom, which I feel very lucky for, but how, how did you, how did you, how do you feel like that changed for you? Like your relationship with your kids and kind of showing up as a parent after you quit drinking? Oh my God. You know what? Um, I'll direct you to a podcast episode actually, one of our podcasts, Over the Influence, and it was recorded um, about three or four weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, it, it, it was really emotional. So I've got three children. Uh, my eldest, mm-hmm. James, is 22, Ella is 20, and the youngest is is 15. Um, and obviously now they, they've, you know, they've, they've had a sober mum for the last five years, which has been mm-hmm. brilliant. Nothing but positive. Um, when I was drinking, it, it affected my daughter. She was um, mm. upset with me. Um, you know, we, we fell out a lot. Anyway, it, it, it's not for me to say. It's not for me to share her story because right. what happened when it was my five-year um, soberversary type thing, what I didn't know that Ben had arranged for Ella to join me as a surprise on the podcast as the bloody guest. <gasps> And I was like, no, no. And he's like, well, just let today's podcast um, guest in. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Ella. Oh, my God, it's my daughter. Um, and it was one hell, of a, one hell of an episode. You know, I wanted her to be honest and, and speak. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, in the most part, stay quiet because it wasn't for me to start chatting. It, it was her chance. But what she mm-hmm. did was massively focus on the positives and the changes um, so for any parent that is struggling, you know, with your reasons why, just listen to that episode with my daughter and hear it from, I say a child's perspective. She's now a young woman of, of 20. She was 15 mm-hmm. when I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first 15 years of her life, you know, she knew her mum, somebody that, that liked to drink and liked to drink a lot. Um, so I wasted a lot of time on that score. Um, but I also know that the best apology is change behavior and yeah during that episode that chat with with my daughter it was uh, it was amazing and I'm really glad she did it even though it sort of like knocked me for six when she first appeared on the zoom mm-hmm. to record um nothing but positive absolutely nothing but positive it's, it's been fantastic and I also think that me choosing not to drink um has, has had an impact on them and their choices and what they want to do right and actually they can see that you don't need to be drunk to have a good time look at my mom you know my kids still say you're, you're still an idiot you're still dying you still <laughs> enjoy a party and I'm like yes I do I never needed it never needed it um so it's been nothing but but positive my only regret is that I didn't do it sooner but you know hindsight's mm. a wonderful thing isn't it mm-hmm Oh, I love that. I need to go listen to that podcast episode. That's oh, you'll need so tissues. I... You'll need tissues, man. Oh, God. I... Okay. <laughs> you'll feel the feels because I did. Oh, my God. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. It was. It was That's good. so sweet. And yeah, and it really is like, like you said, it's, it's the change of behavior that matters. And even just like no matter how many conversations you can have with your kids about alcohol, like you're modeling for them what yeah. it looks like 
to live a happy, good, fun, fulfilling life without drinking. Yeah. Which is so powerful. 100%. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I really noticed with with my kids, but particularly I think, well, all of them, to be honest, but I think my daughter the most is that, you know, they are watching. They're watching everything and learning mm. everything when you are drinking. You think they're not because you're probably drunk, um, but they are. They watch and notice everything. And equally, when you stop drinking and you remove it, they they notice absolutely everything. And it's the small things that become the big things. So, um, mm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. And they said you're still, like, the life of the party. When do you feel – like, do you feel like now when you go to a party, you just get that, like, natural high? Completely. Just from – Love it. Socializing from yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't really party. I mean, I'm 50 mm-hmm. in November. I'm not as young as yeah. you. <laughs> I don't party as such. But if I do go out, I feel now that you, you get you get the cream of the crop. You you get to go early, you know, and enjoy yeah. it when everybody's on a high and just that that initial buzz. And you're buzzing off the endorphins, aren't you, of, of meeting your friends and the, and the people you yes. like. And then when it starts to get a bit silly which is where I would normally have carried on drinking and carried on and carried on I'll just do a backdoor boogie and make my excuses and get to bed so we, we went out in Milan actually it was really funny we had a beautiful <laughs> night out and we did loads of sightseeing and we went to a restaurant and then we went back into like the main square in Milan and I'm looking at my watch and I'm like it's getting late it was like 10 o'clock it wasn't even late <laughs> <laughs> so it's just all changed I like to start early and I like to now go home early and be in bed at a reasonable time it's just it's wonderful the sleep as well the sleep best of both (laughs) yeah it's the best of both worlds it's the balance it's the going and having fun and then getting to still get to bed get your sleep feel good in the morning you can you can have it all absolutely (laughs) it is it's the best it's the best Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like you said, um, the like just dopamine from or like the high or the endorphins or, you know, whatever it is that from from um, being in a social situation, you mentioned William Porter earlier, his book, like I always remember yeah. reading that, that like that's the reason that kids get hyper at a party. They're like shy at first, like yeah. you bring like a kid to like a party and they're really shy at first. And then soon they're like bouncing off the wall is <laughs> because like, <laughs> that's just how it, like, it's, it's natural that socializing gives us a high, but then when we get older and we rely on alcohol for it, then that's, that, that's what we adjust to and we don't believe in our own ability to just have fun without it anymore I can't believe you've mentioned that bit of William's book because that's that was something that really resonated with me in the early days really? yeah exactly that and it was the, the whole thing about going to a party and you know you, you have that that first glass of wine and that buzz lasts for about 20 minutes or something like that yeah remove it you can still go to the party and you can still get the buzz but it's a natural high and it's exactly yes. it's exactly that and I'm like Oh yeah, I do still feel excited when I go out, and it right? is the dopamine yeah. hit. It is buzzing with people that you want to be with, and I love, mm-hmm. I love the fact, you know, that comparison to, to kids at a party, like toddlers high mm-hmm. on Haribo. He's, he's exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that like that stuck. Like when I read that, it really, really stuck yeah, in my brain. Definitely. But it takes a little bit to get there at first, because like when you're early sobriety, you're just not used to it. Like you have to let yourself kind of adjust back to being able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I went out a few times in early sobriety. And I remember, crikey, I think it was in the first six weeks, I actually went, I ended up going on a pub crawl 
it was like an annual event where in the first six weeks yeah. of your sobriety but I wow. was trying to prove a point like mm. I can still do this I can still go out I was the exact same and I'm yep. like hang on a minute you don't need to prove anything and I come back to what I said yes. earlier I didn't need to be in the pub I didn't you know I shouldn't have been there I didn't drink I was on like Heineken zero and even that mm-hmm. gave me a headache because I had so many of them that night you know right um I thought no I, I don't really want to be here I, I, I don't want to do this and I was just trying to prove something I don't know whether it was to myself or you know a group of friends um and it all changed and I, I, I rarely go into to places like that now there's there's other stuff I would yeah. rather be doing you know right I really I relate to that I totally had something to prove in my early days I was like I'm not gonna go home early I like <laughs> nothing has to change no one has to think I've changed like I totally was like it must prove I'm still fun yeah exactly <laughs> but I think what happens yeah I think what happens is you just become more okay with who you are yeah in sobriety and then and then you don't feel so much like you have something to prove yeah definitely and that's it isn't it Mm -hmm. the whole uncovering who you really are oh my Mm -hmm. goodness me you know that Mm -hmm. is still a working process it can be right absolutely terrifying can't it (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure for sure Um, okay. So I want to hear kind of like looking back on, you know, your drinking days and then those first 90 days where you said around day 60, 70, you had that like, aha, like things have shifted. And then obviously even more so now at five years sober, like when you look back on your life as a drinker and the changes that you've seen from like then to now, like, can you share, share about that? There's just, there's no comparison. There's, Mm. it's like, it's like two different people. Um, oh my god! It's <sighs> drinking the amount I did, and and the, the regularity that that I drank. You know, alcohol pretty much impacted everything negatively. Be it from I just can't be asked. Everything was just functioning at fifty percent. You know, everything. Mm. It was just pretty visible, pretty grey, pretty dull. And then fast forward five years there isn't one area of my life that has not improved like a million percent. Um, we spoke to somebody on our podcast and I cannot for the life of me think of her name and she's wonderful. It'll come to me. This is menopause, by the way, my brain just stops working. <laughs> um, and she talked about um, drinking versus sobriety being like that scene out of uh, the wizard of Oz when it goes from black and white to glorious technicolor. Uh, and oh, that, I love that. Isn't it just the best analogy? And yeah, that is what it's yes. been like. Um, I'm happier, I'm healthier, my relationships are better. I've now got my dream job alongside the Over the Influence community and the podcast. Um, And I I still have fun. I still really enjoy life. Mm. And it just becomes so much more fulfilling and full and busy and amazing and authentic and all those really sort of wanky health be you know healthy words that we, we use about <laughs> self-development and all that jazz yeah. um, but they're true <laughs> but it is true um mm. and a lot of people say that sobriety changes you I don't think it changes you in the slightest I think it actually reveals completely who you are beneath that cloud of alcohol um, oh, I love that. And it's always been there. It's it's always there. It's it's always there. It's who you are. And you sort of pull off that dustbin lid and that's who you are. And it takes time and it takes patience and it takes courage and it takes balls. But if you stick with it, honestly, you, 
you truly, truly discover who you are, what you love in life and, and what you're all about. Um, and it's amazing. It really is. Oh, that's so good. I could cry again. That was so well said. Oh my God. So good, Sharon. Okay. What would you say so to someone who's listening who is maybe they're struggling with their relationship with alcohol, maybe they're trying out Sober October, maybe they're in early sobriety, what kind of advice would you give to that person who's listening? There's, there's so much to say. I think the first thing is, is don't, don't beat yourself up and don't think that you are on your own because you are a million percent not on your own if you are struggling uh, with alcohol. If you're doing Sober October right now, absolutely flipping fantastic. You should be really, really proud because it is hard. You know, I, I always think that people will give up alcohol tomorrow if it was easy. You know, a lot of people, it's not. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. People forget that it's a painfully addictive substance that can, you know, lead down pretty negative pathways um mm -hmm. if you're doing sober october now stick with it give yourself a chance and you will start you'll start to experience the benefits and that might be brighter eyes clearer skin my face used to look like a beach ball it deflated over the course of those first <laughs> few weeks um yeah. the sleep improves your self-esteem improves your confidence the clarity everything starts to improve and if you are doing sober october and you get to the end of Sober October and think, I'm really, really enjoying this. Maybe just have a think about doing a little bit longer. And you don't have to say this is forever. You don't have to say even this is 100 mm -hmm. days. Just go, I'll go till next weekend. I'll see how I feel. And I'll go till next weekend. Just give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance. That's what I did. I was very, very angry about having to mm. stop to prove a point. It is hands down the best decision I ever made. And again it's important that I share I didn't want to be sober I was going to get straight back on drinking you know after my break mm. through December um but I fell in love with sobriety and everything it brings and it's it's not easy but it's worth it so give yourself a chance and actually just just reach out look on um sober insta you know all these communities all these podcasts all this quitlet there's a lot of stuff out there and I find the sober community in particular is just so supportive and I think it's really really important yeah. to know that you're absolutely not on your own doing this oh my god goosebumps that was so good that was so don't good keep, again, I know <laughs> you can help it um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on today like you are so much fun I loved chatting with you in January like your energy is just so so contagious you're such a joy Thank you so much for being here. This was such a good conversation. You are more than welcome. And you must come on over the influence again, Madeline. <gasps> I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Let's make that happen. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening this week. I was having so much fun with Sharon that I forgot to tell her to tell you where to find her, follow her. So you can listen to her podcast, Over the Influence, the alcohol-free podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and head to Instagram and follow at alcohol-free-pod to keep up with the Over the Influence community and everything that they're doing. I'll put all the links in the show notes as well. If you enjoyed this episode, then feel free to share it with a friend or share it on social media rate review subscribe follow me on instagram at happiest sober and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at happiestsober.com i hope you have an amazing week remember that life's happiest when you're sober bye
Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.